This episode is sponsored by Privacy.com. It's like a burner phone for credit cards. To sign up for free and get a $5 credit, go to Privacy.com slash GOG. That's $5 free to spend anywhere just by signing up. Privacy.com slash GOG. Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And uh, I'm Brian Schulmeister. You know, there's a drawback to this uh, let's record at 8.30 in the morning because a responsible adults thing. What would that be, Brian? Well, occasionally <laughs> we aren't responsible adults. <laughs> oh, did somebody have a night last night? Uh, I hadn't gone to my local pub trivia for quite some time, and uh, my exuberance uh, outmatched my decreased tolerance. So I'm a little tired. Oh, <laughs> so this is it. Was it still at the Finn McCool's now not Finn McCool's anymore? It's still called Finn McCool's. I don't know how long it'll take until that change is made, but it, it, the inside has changed drastically. It looks very nice, um, I have to say. But uh, yes, it was it was there again. And uh, yeah, I don't have a team anymore because uh, my team is, is spread far and wide. Some are in Ireland, some are in North Carolina, some are all over the place. But uh, I, I join in with my uh, our, our old competing team whenever they're down a person. And I got the text last night. Come on down. We we could use you. And, uh, ooh, hello. <clears throat> <Yeah>. <laughs> how'd, you, how'd you do? Did all right. Did good. Uh, ends a bit hazy. But uh, I think we did well. <laughs> <laughs> Flippity-dooby-dooby-doo. Yeah. That's, that's not an answer, Brian. <laughs> oh, it's not? Okay. How about another one of them vodkas, please? We actually haven't asked you a question yet. So. Oh, oh, well, there you go. Uh, I have to come out for a pint and check out the new place soon. Oh, definitely. Definitely. You should come down. We should. Uh, I need to get some stickers from you, too, because we've had some some people asking for them. And it's my job to send them out, apparently. So I will get them over to you as soon as possible. I get them made. You send them out. That's right. <laughs> All right, so we have some follow-up. We talked a little bit uh, previous episode about Slack going public, and as part of their uh, big old S1 securities registration form that the company has to file with the Security and Exchange Commission when you're going to do that, uh, that was published online the other day, they are facing threats from sophisticated organized crime, nation-state, and nation-state-supported actors. Okay. So, Actor, model, dancer? Yeah. <laughs> Mattress. Model, <laughs> actress. <Yeah>. Anyways. <laughs> I might still have a little bit of a buzz going on. Anyways, I was going to uh, say, the... you sound a little punchy this morning. <laughs> yeah. So, like, eh, eh, well, any company that goes public has to basically state uh, what the threats are to their organizations. Uh, all <laughs> don't these have tech... a business model? Uh... <laughs> well, they don't have to state that. That seems to be totally okay. Uh, but they do have to talk about threats for, that they've had, uh, hacking incidents in the past and all of that. And Slack is is quick to point out that they have not actually had any attacks from organized crimes, nation states, or nation state affiliates yet, but it's just that they have threats from these actors present an active risk to the company, which makes sense because it is a business-to-business kind of thing. Slack is primarily used uh, for business communications, and of course, um, you know, if anybody wants to get after you for that, then they do that. Um, <laughs> so this is an article over on Motherboard, and they want to, they, they give you a good Good little uh, warning at the end. Now is a good time as ever to reiterate the following. Slack does not have end-to-end encryption, and in some cases, it's possible for your boss to download and read your entire Slack history without your knowledge. So assume anything you say on Slack could be held against you in court, and consider talking trash on Slack to be generally a bad idea. Yeah, that's pretty much it. There you go. Yep, save that for Signal. 
That's right. I don't know about this one either with Slack. Like I said, I've, I'm dialing it back quite a bit because it is a time suck. It is a time suck. So we'll see. Oh, I mean, it's just, you know, the, the idea was it was supposed to, you know, take over business communication and be a better and easier and quicker way than email. But it's just become email. So it, it kind of has. That's the thing. You get feature creep yeah. after a while and then it just turns back into, you know, the your exact parents. same. Yeah, the exact same devil you knew. That's that's kind of it. And cat pictures or in my case, dog pictures. Lots of dog pictures. Oh, so it turns out movie subscription service Cinema. Cinemia? Cinemia. Cinemia. Mamma Mia Cinemia is closing up shop. Oh, who thought thought giving away movie tickets for cheaper was a good idea? Hold on. Not having a business plan didn't work out for once? No, no. Didn't work. (laughs) They saw MoviePass rocket up to stardom and then said, hey, let's do that. Yes. Uh, It didn't really work out. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, who would have saw that coming? Yeah. They don't say (laughs) if they're still going to be in other countries, but they're definitely shutting down in the U.S., and it's unclear if people are going to get any of their money back. I doubt it. Yeah. We're yeah. out of money. We'll and see. How we're going to give you some back. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. And of course, there's a, another another week, another article about unplugging over at the New York Times. Putting down your phone may help you live longer. Okay. Is it because of the cancer? No, from it's the, not the cancer. The, oh, okay. It's not no. the Wi-Fi unprovable cancer yet? Okay. No, the, yes, the unprovable brain <laughs> cancer that we should all have by now if there yes. was such a thing. <laughs> and uh, now this is basically about uh, cortisol levels and stress hormones mm. because you are always stressed out when your phone is around and when your yes, phone is not because around. because you have things like email and Slack and little stupid social networks that ping you and stress you out and give you little pellets of uh, release of pleasure when somebody likes your stupid status. And yes, we are constantly 24 seven, just being uh, on the lookout for something. It's like being in the Sahara and, and feeling like there are lions around you all the time. Yeah, kind of. They, sometimes there are, they just wear business suits <laughs> and send you emails at three in the morning or but, tweet because or, they're the president. <laughs> that too. That too. Yeah. I don't have Twitter or email on my phone anymore or Slack. So it's I still can't get rid of the habit, though, of keeping it on me all the damn time. And I still look at it. Yeah, I still pick up the phone and look at it, even though I know there's not going to be anything there. (laughs) That's that that habit dies hard, right? I've been happily noticing that my screen time, thanks to Apple's ingenious way to keep you looking at your phone to see how often you're looking at your phone, has been going down uh, considerably uh, week by week. So I'm, I'm happy about that. Yes. Apple's ingenious feature that they stole from rescue time. Yes, and then, you know. (laughs) Made it themselves. (laughs) In the news. I love this first story over at the Next Web. Dead Facebook users could outnumber the living by 2069. It's going to take that long? (laughs) Yeah, apparently. But uh, so far, about 30 million of their users are dead and about 8,000 users die every day. So you just run the numbers out. To be fair, most of us are dead inside. That's true. That is true. We are the walking dead on Facebook. (laughs) Well, at least you are still. I still haven't uh, hit that 30 day mark so I can faster the 32 day mark. Right. It's uh, early, early May. I got to go back and listen to that episode and figure out because I never, I, I, idiot me, I didn't write it down or make a calendar note. <laughs> you put it right in the calendar, Jason. That's what it's there for. So then you can, che- you have something to check on your phone when you pick it up for no reason. That's true. That's true. <laughs> no, I completely forgot to put it in my phone and my calendar. So, right. So Facebook is going to turn into the Battle of Winterfell pretty soon. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Okay. All right. 
Yep, Mark Zuckerberg is the uh <laughs> is, is the Night King. <laughs> He's the Night King. Oh, it's so uh, true though. So true. In an interesting news, in the lovely state of Maryland, Maryland, okay. Maryland, hmm. doctors have used a drone to deliver a vital kidney transplant in its first historic flight for drone technology. Sadly, the patient passed away because the drone stopped off to drop off an In-N-Out burger on the way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and arrived a little later than expected. Yeah, this is uh, I was just thinking, I'm like, because they're filming this thing, they're doing all this stuff. And I'm like. Did you really want to do this test with a live kidney? <laughs> I guess she wasn't in that big of a rush. I'm assuming that there were previous tests. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I'm probably within and out. A and B tests. <laughs> yeah, so it's an interesting <laughs> drone, though. I mean, it's got redundant systems, redundant power supplies, so mm-hmm. it's not going to run out of juice halfway there. It can carry a pretty decent payload. Such as a kidney. Such as a kidney. And it's got a really cool case that has, like, you know, the temperature and everything on the outside. So when it arrives, they can see if it's still viable. So it's a it's a pretty cool little system. There's a video that will be in the show notes if you want to check it out. Very cool. Yes, yeah, so it's just like those little futuristic uh, Domino's pizza boxes that show the temperature on the outside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're delivering yep. it. Pizza or a pancreas? It's what? A pizza or pancreas? <laughs> <laughs> Cake or death? I'm in a mood today. Yeah. I found a really interesting article over on the Atlantic. Now, you and I have kind of checked out of the corporate environment, at least for the time being. Um, Probably forever since we're old and nobody wants to hire us. Nobody will hire us. (laughs) But I did enjoy this article. Workers love AirPods because employers stole their walls. So true. (laughs) Once upon a time, offices had walls inside them. They weren't glass like the conference rooms of 2019, but they were made of drywall and were usually painted a neutral color like many of the walls you know and love. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Over time, office walls gave way to cubicles. And now for many office workers, the cubicles are also gone. There are only desks. Yeah. So the last time I was still in a corporate environment, we still at least had pseudo cubicle walls. Um, But uh, yeah, I've been in many an office recently and they are just gigantic open spaces where everybody can hear everything and see what everybody's doing. But, uh, you know, humanity finds a way, or as the article states, as Jeff Goldblum wisely intones in Jurassic Park, life finds a way in an office where there are no walls. Millions of workers have embraced a workaround to reclaim a little bit of privacy. Wireless headphones. So now everybody's just sitting in an office with headphones plugged in and trying to shut everybody else out. Yeah, this is not really a new thing. Even when I was no. still in the corporate world, or it wasn't mm-hmm. even that corporate world. I was at JPEG Magazine, and we yeah. had a big open office plan, and everybody had headphones. You had to have noise-canceling headphones because, yeah. you know, if you just were sitting there and somebody would... Well, I, the worst thing about, you know, those open office plans is people just come up from behind and scare the crap out of you. So I always yeah. had a mirror on top of my computer. So I had two, two like rear view mirrors, like, like you know, <laughs> on the side of your car. So I could see who was coming up behind me at any given time. Also adding to the stress level of an open office plan, which sucks. But- well, uh, exactly. Just like we were just talking about with our phones about being that, that, you know, out in the Sahara and feeling like there are lines are everywhere. That's exactly the problem with these open offices. And, and psychologists have studied this. And, you know, when you can be approached from the rear, a little part of your brain is always activated and vigilant. So you're never truly in the moment you're always like i'm gonna die i'm gonna die i'm gonna (laughs) die (laughs) well considering that i was surrounded by like five designers at my Mm -hmm. last place i was always on alert right you you put a programmer in a room with a bunch of designers oh god stress Uh, goes through the roof yes what are you gonna do that is true 
Uh, well, we haven't talked about crypto in a while, and I found this story. Um, I have never owned a Jaguar or a Land Rover, although I've always liked the Land Rovers. But I've always heard that if you get a Land Rover, 99% of the time it spends time at the dealer rather than yeah. in your driveway getting <laughs> fixed. Uh, but they are good looking cars. But uh, they will soon, if you own one now, you may soon be able to earn crypto for allowing your car to transmit data about traffic, potholes, and other metrics to the car maker and interested parties. Interested parties, eh? Who might that be? Yes. Well, we're not sure yet. If the system is implemented, drivers would have the option to not share the data. I'm assuming this will be... Uh, of course, it's going to be opt-in. It's got to hmm. be opt-in. They can't it's do It's got to be opt-in. Yeah. But we know how things roll out. Sometimes it just... <laughs> that button magically just gets clicked. Yeah. I don't know how that happened. Uh, but uh, the company is clearly hoping that people will opt in, and given that they're incentivizing it with digital tokens. Uh, owners will be able to earn credits by enabling their cars to automatically report useful road condition data. Uh, although it's unclear how much granular control you'll have over who does and doesn't get the data. Um, so there you go. The theory being uh, you'll be able to automatically pay for tolls, parking, coffee, and anything else drivers might buy while in their cars. Of course, the assumption there <laughs> is that all those things will take cryptocurrency which at the moment they do not and you'll be able to top up the total using regular money um but obviously there is some concern here oh really uh yeah (laughs) the precedent about people paying to give up information obviously uh then we have information security obviously and then we have what i know will eventually come from this as well which is oh by the way if you'd like to have car insurance they should get this data oh yeah you're always going driving information yeah, I mean they've because already got that's those. What happens? Yeah, they've got those <laughs> things out there already that you can plug into the ports to you know send yes. the data wirelessly to. I think it was called Friend of the show Fergal did that while he was still here in the U.S. Um, and for for cheaper insurance, and I yelled at him and yelled at him, and he didn't care. He's like, it's cheaper, whatever. Yeah, for now, <laughs> until you for screw now. up. Yeah, but yeah, I I wanted a Land Rover too before I got the Explorer, but the Explorer is just so damn nice. I I had to get it. I know everybody says Land Rovers are nicer, but, you know, I know people that have them in it. There there are problems with them for sure. (laughs) And that is what I've heard. Yeah. (laughs) That's why I have my Beamer. And I will pass on a Jaguar. Yeah. And uh, we had another really good article over at the Atlantic this week. Twitter is not America. So shockingly, Twitter is not a good model of the world, even though we tend to think it is and certainly act like it is uh they've done some metrics on this they've done some studies in the u.s twitter users are statistically younger wealthier and more politically liberal than the general pop i guess it's just the bots that are far right i was gonna say yeah (laughs) if you if you take out all the russian bots then maybe maybe it's different yeah so this is a pew study um they are also substantially better educated 42 percent of sampled users had a college degree versus 31 percent for u.s adults broadly i had no idea it was actually that low um 41 percent report an income of more than seventy five thousand dollars. another large difference from the country as a whole they're far more likely 60 percent to be democrats or lean democratic than to be republicans or lean republican which is 35 percent and uh but the pew study was actually able to capture some more information about that which is that and this is not going to be surprising to any listener of this show. The Twitter of the platform's fanatics is very different from the norm. In other words, media Twitter is not median Twitter. First, they split up Twitter users and surveyed into two groups, the top 10% most active users and the bottom 90%. Among that less active group, the median user had tweeted twice total and had 19 followers. Okay. 90% of Twitter has only tweeted twice and has 19 followers. <laughs> 
I love Would it. you invest in a company where 90% of the users don't ever fucking use the service? No, not really. All right, so let's talk about the top 10%. That group was remarkably different. Its members tweeted a median of 138 times a month. Still not that much. So I, it's, yeah. this is one of those things where Twitter, 99% of what you see on Twitter is coming from 1% of users, if not less. So, and 81% use Twitter more than once a day. I figured it'd be more on a Pareto distribution, but this is, yeah, we're, we're 1% or I'm a 1%er then on Twitter. Yeah, you're definitely a 1%er. Hell, I'm, I'm a fucking 1%er and I never use Twitter. <laughs> yeah. I really much. am comparatively. Yeah, it does not take much. So what I found interesting about this story is basically that, like this story is kind of going on more the cultural impact that Twitter has versus the actual users and how this is not, we have to, you know, be very careful to understand that Twitter is not in any way, shape or form at all an example of society at a whole. But what interested me <laughs> is, is, yeah, thank God, is definitely more the, the actual economics of this, which is really Twitter is a house of cards. Mm -hmm. Like it's hardly anyone using this damn thing and it's worth so much money, but nobody's using it. Uh, it's yeah, it's one of those things where I think the most people that use it nowadays and it's not even mm -hmm. as much as it used to be. Um, yeah. when Twitter was in its heyday, the, you know, you couldn't watch the news without it just being this person tweeted this. Here's another tweet. Yes. Here's some video. Yes. Here's tweet, 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 mm -hmm. tweet, tweet, tweet. And nowadays it's not even remotely like it used to be. So even, you know, the major news outlets don't use it as much as they used to. So it might be, you know, yeah. a downward I've seen trend. It, uh, I've seen it as well in the entertainment industry because it used to always be, you know, everybody would push their Twitter handles and every story about anything music or movies or TV related would, would, you know call out to their Twitter thing. And, and people aren't doing that as much anymore. I was always, I think I've screamed on this show a thousand times. Twitter has the best PR people in the world. I think it's going away. Uh, thanks, Putin. This episode is sponsored by privacy.com. Privacy is the first payments product that keeps your personal information private while being even more convenient than using a regular credit card online. Privacy lets you generate a brand new Visa card number for every purchase you make online with one click with their browser extension or mobile app. And oh my God, that browser extension is so convenient. And look, we all are buying tons of stuff online and privacy gives you a temp credit card number for every site you buy from. Never forget to cancel subscriptions or trials ever again. And that alone is worth the price of admission. And that price is free. They make their money the same way debit cards do with interchange fees paid by the merchants. You know how skeptical we are of free services here on Grumpy Old Geeks, but these guys actually have a business model to back it up, which gives them the Grumpy Old Geeks seal of approval. Jason actually reviewed this product when they first launched, and we're not just pimping this product because they paid us. I'm an actual customer, and I love what they're doing. And they have saved me a ton of money. I've actually did it this week on something that I knew was going to be a pain in the ass to cancel for a subscription. <laughs> And I porn. set the no, it wasn't porn, uh, but that is actually a pretty good idea. Uh, so I set the yearly spending limit to one dollar so it would not renew when I knew these guys would renew me. And uh, it was great. So if you use a password manager and why don't you if you listen to the show, you should use privacy. You don't use the same password everywhere. So why should you use the same credit card number? At least you shouldn't use the same password everywhere. People sign up takes less than two minutes. And like we said, it is completely free. So far, they've saved their customers over $115 million in unwanted and unauthorized charges. You can freeze cards and set spending limits. Cards lock to merchants, making them useless to thieves and hackers. Protect yourself from online fraud with virtual card numbers and delete cards anytime. Kiss forgotten subscriptions. Goodbye. To sign up for free and get a $5 credit, just go to privacy.com slash GOG. That's $5 free to spend anywhere by just signing up. 
Privacy.com slash G-O-G. No brainer, people. Get on it now. Privacy.com slash G-O-G. Media Candy. Well, of the two big cultural juggernauts, I'm only involved in one. I could care less about the Avengers endgame, but uh, I was in on the Battle of Winterfell on Game of Thrones. We should definitely say that Media Candy is probably going to have some spoilers. So Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, too bad. And I don't care yeah. if you spoil anything for Avengers for me, <laughs> to be honest. I, I'm going to talk really about it, but care. I'm not going to spoil anything for Avengers. All right. Well, I'm going to try not to spoil too much on Game of Thrones either. But uh, what I thought was really fascinating about it is um you know how there's always those metrics like there's there's more video uploaded to youtube every minute than the entirety of video that we had from world war ii or there's there's more photos posted every minute on instagram than the entirety of photos taken in the 19th and early 20th century yeah i think there was more words used on the game of thrones episode than anything else ever <laughs> in the history of the universe, because even news sites had at least 10 to 15 articles about this episode of Game of Thrones. Well, you can't get away from it. I mean, it is everywhere. And if you it's know everywhere, if you're not if you don't know what happened by now, then you live in a cave. You definitely <laughs> live in a cave. But yes. uh, so did you enjoy it at least? Uh, you know what? Here's the thing. Uh, while it was on, I thought it was one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. Okay. An hour and a half of a TV show that was basically just a battle was riveting. Um, I found it better than most movies that are ever made. Uh, my wife had we had to stop it a couple times and my wife had to go get a heating pad because she was clenched up so much. She was starting to get aches and pains in her shoulders because of the stress of watching it and like, what's going to happen? Oh, my God. And of course, peering into the dark, trying to figure out anything. But we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, and I really did enjoy it. I, I thought it was a great episode and I, I went to bed very happy and I was like, wow, they could have they could really just have ended the show right there and I'd probably be OK with it. You know, that's what I was thinking, too. I'm like, oh, shit, we got three more episodes left. I'm like, yeah, I, I, the rest I, is just paperwork yeah. now. Like we got rid of the big baddie and we're <laughs> yeah. just going to find out who gets the throne and who gives a crap, really. Um, so yeah. I would have been totally OK with that. <laughs> I mean, obviously, there's lots of questions that we still want to have answered, but I thought that would have been a fantastic ending to the show. Yeah, the the funny part about it is like now the last three episodes are going to be like the the last, you know, the final ending of Lord of the Rings. It's like we're going to have 17 yeah, endings. Like 17 different endings. I'm like, I had to piss 45 minutes ago. Who the hell is still getting on a boat? <laughs> I know. It's like, where's the fucking boat going? <laughs> Take an Uber. So that was my feeling night of. Now, the next day. I had some problems. <laughs> okay. And it was perfectly, I did finally find an article that perfectly encapsulated my feelings about my, why I'm a little unhappy with this. Uh, it's over on Slate, and it was written by, let me get the author's name really quick, credit where credit is due, Willa Paskin. And it's the title of the article is Game of Thrones Taught Us to Want Death, Then It Changed the Rules. Mm -hmm. The subtitle being, is it wrong to feel disappointed when too many people survive? And the whole point of this article, and I agree with this, is that Game of Thrones has pulled the rug out from under us. That is the whole point of the show. We started yeah. the damn show first season with killing off the main character. Yep. It's always been unpredictable. It's always treated its characters as they're toss away and throw away. And it doesn't matter how much we're invested in it. They can die at a moment's notice. Red wedding. And the problem. Yes. And the problem with this episode and what I'm worried about for the four hours that we still have remaining is this felt very normal yeah all the major characters survive 
they all i mean i guess i suppose the only surprise was it wasn't Jon snow that killed the big baddie it was Arya. yeah it wasn't a surprise there's your spoiler (laughs) (laughs) um you know so that it felt like fan servicing rather than what game of thrones has always been which is completely unpredictable in sadness porn it's always been sadness porn yeah and this didn't you know we had we had the people win and we had the good things happen and the the characters that we wanted to to do well did well and the characters that we wanted to do poorly did poorly and i'm really worried that game of thrones is going to go out on just a we all saw it coming and we're all very happy with it and there's no twists and turns note yeah i don't know i mean this all comes down to george rr R. martin being a lazy bastard not finishing the books <laughs> that's really what it comes down to he was the he was the cold-hearted motherfucker that killed everybody or here's an idea hollywood wait until the fucking author finishes the story before you adapt it I think that they were worried he was just going to die because he's a little, <laughs> little ch- on the chubber side. But mm. and, you know, they got to make some money. He takes too damn long. That's true. I saw the the ending coming. But what I didn't see was the mic drop. That was just when she drops the knife and it totally shot it like a mic drop. And I was yeah, like, it was cool. Yeah. I'm like, everything about that scene was there's like five callbacks in that one little scene. And it was just like, damn, I'm, I got chills just thinking about it now. It was so yeah. good. Uh, again, like I said, thoroughly enjoyed it, but I am worried uh, that uh, it's just uh, it's just becoming a regular show, as it were. Yeah, yeah. And uh, did you watch the behind the scenes for the episode yet? No, I don't like to do that. Oh. I, I'll come back and do that again after after, after it's, all, it's over. all said and done. Yeah, yeah. but they they've it's ridiculous how much work went into that one episode. Eleven oh, weeks. It was fifty-three days. Fifty-five. Yeah. yeah, or fifty-five. Yeah, which is it was it was stunning. Be nice if we could have seen it. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's <laughs> bitching about this. So tell me Everybody your take. Everybody is bitching about this. Now, my take is I have completely tweaked my TV. I, I did, you know, I did all the setup. I did brightness. I did contrast. I did, I, I don't have the cinema mode or on and all that other stuff. So my TV, I, every, as, it was a dark room. Like, I can't imagine what it'd be like to watch it during the day. That never would have worked. And we turned off all the lights and everything. So in a completely dark room with my TV, dialed in i thought it looked fantastic yeah i had no complaints about it i'm like i had all the lights were off i had one candle going on the the dining room or the <laughs> living room table for ambiance and uh then i just kicked back i you know it was a long episode so i went through a bottle of wine during the episode <laughs> which me too a couple pause breaks <laughs> in there might have been actually a refill <laughs> yeah might have been a bottle and change on that one so you know, that ending, by the time it hit, I was a little bit, uh, I wasn't a little bit, I was slongered when that thing finally <laughs> ended. But I yeah. had no complaints about the the brightness or anything, because I, I spend the time to dial my TV in. I'm not, I'm not a savage. Well, most people don't, and yeah. uh, that's why there were a lot of complaints. And there were some really funny memes. I actually really enjoyed, like, uh, people were posting pictures of just, you know, pure black saying, yeah. great episode so far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um but i thought it was used to wonderful effect i mean i think that the that whole dothraki oh yeah lights set up and then you just see them start to flicker out one by one from far away that was that was riveting that was a phenomenal sequence and well done and well thought out um but yeah if you did not have your tv dialed in it was very difficult uh to see and for many many reasons all of which you know are basically technical people are starting to shoot in lower light because they can now you couldn't do it with film. You can do it with digital. Uh, so things are darker. Uh, high definition televisions, uh, cheaper ones make it look worse. 
than than cathode ray tubes did. They they handle dark better. High end ones do fine. I've got the crappiest that I can get. <laughs> and <laughs> I've got a TCL Roku like sixty inch, and yep. that was like you know the cheapest thing I could find. But it's if you dial it in, it still can look good. Yeah. Uh, because everything is streamed now, we obviously have compression, and compression always deals with dark worse than it does with bright. Uh, and if you're watching through your cable company, you're getting double compression. Yeah, I wasn't just like the radio. Uh, yeah, me either. I watch through HBO now. So yeah, me too. Me too. So yeah, so you're getting you know double, triple compression sometimes, depending on how you're watching it. If you have not set your TV up correctly, you're going to see it very, very dark. And uh, yeah, so there are lots of things that you can do to fix this if you are having a problem. And hopefully, this will make people do it. Go, go. Tweak your settings, people. Yeah, it's a Saturday. Crack a beer yeah. and just turn off the lights, close the curtains, and fix it. It's not going to take that <laughs> long. And But fortunately for you, people who don't do it, it looks like the rest of the season is going to be outside during the day because I think they're pretty much tired of filming at night. <laughs> yes, they got their fill there. So, so there you go. All in all, uh, I, I did enjoy it, but it does have me a bit worried. So moving on from Game of Thrones... Um, I actually found something I've never heard of this site, ravetapes.com. And this was a serious blast in my past because we were just talking about back being in cubicles and and all that sort of stuff. Um, This took place back at the company that you and I both worked at together for the first time. Um, What was that? What were they called? The Box Top, right? Box Top. Yeah, Box Top's where we met. Yeah. During the Box Top days, uh, I used to go out to these raves called Moon Tribes which were just out in the middle of nowhere. And this is like the old school stuff where you didn't know where to go and you had to go to like a liquor store and you would pick up a map there and then you there'd be another map point and then you just drive out to the middle of nowhere where they'd have this huge setup and a bunch of people would just go out and dance all night. And uh, a friend of mine who I used to go to them with posted a link um, and there's you can go listen to a September 1994 set for Moon Tribe from John Kelly and I was at this one. So it's kind of cool and it's it's very old school EDM music, uh, but I thoroughly enjoyed listening to it. It was a good blast from the past. I'll have to check that out because I do like old school EDM. I'm not so much into what the kids are listening to today, but I like the old stuff a lot still. Yeah, I think you'd enjoy this set. Go check it out. So you, this this is like a scavenger hunt to find the thing you had to like. That's find... what the well, they were completely illegal, right? No yeah. permits, just out in the middle of nowhere. So yeah, you, what you would do is you would you would hear about it we it was every full moon so we'd hear about it and then you know it, the word would pass along this is before the social medias that you would you know go to this location and uh, mm-hmm. you'd get a map that would t- tell you tell you to go to another location and then you get a map that would tell you to go to a third location and then eventually you just end up out somewhere in the middle of the desert that's pretty awesome that the uh, police didn't find you oh man that sounds, that sounds like fun i wish people did more stuff like that you know well the problem with people doing it these days is people die we were all <laughs> <laughs> relatively responsible and not idiots nobody ever died in a moon tribe as far as i know yeah and people would tweet about it and there goes mm-hmm. everything yeah exactly all of a sudden you have ten thousand people instead of the one to two thousand that we would get so we need a secret usenet group for those types of things i say i tell you go back to gopher <laughs> i still hated gopher it was no good <laughs> me too but I loved Usenet, but I hated Gopher, except when I was getting like, you know, a 175 piece movie that I was trying to download and it was missing like 162 and then you couldn't (laughs) get the piece to recompress it. Those were the days. Mm -hmm. So I watched Avengers Endgame. 
Did you go to a theater? Hell no. Uh, is there a full quality version out there? Hell or is no. it a handheld? Well, okay, I can't I can't do the handheld bullshit. And see, I grew up at Paramount watching dailies and screeners and things like that. And I like shit. Well, I wouldn't qualities. say you grew up. Well, when you, I you were in a functioning adult well, not no, I you were an adult. <laughs> I was like twenty six when I worked at Paramount. <laughs> I was not a functioning adult. I'm still not a functioning adult. <laughs> uh, that's why I removed the functioning. Yeah, yeah. I'm old. I'm not an adult. <laughs> but I used to love watching those, not the full res version. So for for me, these things are fine, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I actually got to right. say, I thought it, I thought it ended well. I thought they did a really good job. I understand it is quite a bit of fan servicing, as it should oh, yeah. be if you're wrapping up, you know, twenty two movie arc. Yeah, exactly. So it. Uh, for me, it like, you know, everything, they put a button on the things that they needed to put a button on. It was silly in the parts that it needed to be silly. And I think it really, since I didn't really care that much, it was much easier to enjoy it. Yeah, because I've seen people posting, you know, tears and crying and, and emotionally verklempt over this. And I'm like, I am not invested in this at all. So I have a feeling I might enjoy it. Who knows? I thought it was clever. I thought they did a good job with it. So all in all, for me, Avengers Endgame, a thumbs up. You know, I now, give it a thumbs up. Yeah, since we've already done a little bit of spoilers, and I'm not going to ask you for specifics or anything, but is it actually Endgame, or are we just getting? Are we getting reboots? Are we getting more movies? Oh, we're getting What's more gonna, movies. Yeah, of course. So it's not Endgame. Avengers pause. Avengers <laughs> end of contract for some actors. Exactly. That's is it. what they should have called it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Avengers. <laughs> I'm tired of doing this shit. Is what is pretty much what it is. Okay, that's all right then. That's what, kind of what I figured. Yeah, and <laughs> since this is the the you know the finale season, I watched the Orville season finale last night. Mm-hmm. I want my hour back. No, oh, you did not enjoy it. Okay, no, it was an utterly pointless episode, utterly right. pointless, and it so did not move. Just the like ball. Star Trek. Yeah, sometimes sometimes utterly pointless. <laughs> and you know why it was utterly pointless? I'm going to give a little little spoiler here. It doesn't. T- I, so I haven't been watching, yeah. so it doesn't matter. Time travel. <laughs> This was well, just like Star Trek. <laughs> I was going to say, because I'm glad you mentioned Star Trek, because this is exactly like the Star Trek uh, time travel episodes. It's like the plot does like nothing changes from point one to point two. So the entire episode okay. can be ignored. It's not part of right. it. It doesn't matter. None, there nothing is the about theory it. of the Mobius. <laughs> yeah. Time becomes a loop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, even a stop clock is right twice a day. Love that song. Yeah. And uh, I watched the Gotham series finale. Okay, with the new Batwoman. Yeah, with the Cat Girl or Catwoman, not Bat Cat Girl, Woman. whatever. <laughs> yeah, Cat Broad. <laughs> I'm um, so into superheroes, can't you tell? Yeah, <laughs> could have skipped that one for sure. That was mm. the weakest series finale I think I've probably seen in a very long time. It brings me back to these old when they do these types of things like Smallville. You know, mm-hmm. all you want to see in Smallville is you want to fucking see Superman fly. Right in Gotham, you want to see Batman, and right. you know. You just no kinda, Batman. Well, you get you get some ears at the end. That's oh, about Jesus. it. I mean, that's really about it. That'd be like if they ended. Um, what was that? Uh, they, if they ended. Oh crap! What's the name of the movie? The 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 standalone Star Wars one. That was Rogue, Rogue, one. One. Rogue One. If they ended Rogue One and you just saw like the tip of Darth Vader's lightsaber. Yeah, <laughs> just the tip. <laughs> just the tip. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, yeah. This was it was a kind of a weak one. It was a, it was a weak season for finales for uh, television. That's for sure. Mm. Okay. Now Spotify, Brian, I have to. You and I have to have a heart to heart because you know people at Spotify. Uh, I do, but I don't know people that make 
the money decisions. They just do all the legal bit. Well, you need to move up the chain because (laughs) they bought uh, the Paracast studio, the podcasting studio for $56 million. Well, the the problem here, Jason, and and a lot of people have been reaching out to me recently. um, People that know I've been doing a podcast for a long time and have been podcasting is in the zeitgeist. It's in the mainstream now. Mm -hmm. uh, And I've said, well, all this stuff is really great for you. What, what's, what's going to go on? I'm like, no, because we're not a studio. Mm-hmm. We're a standalone single podcast. <laughs> yep. And ain't nobody looking to buy us. They're looking to buy the studios for some reason. So, well, maybe we should start a studio <laughs> is all I'm saying. <laughs> I got enough Rough gear. Network. I got yes. I got enough gear and I got a place to record. So <laughs> and anybody said that says, hey, but you're in the valley. Nobody wants to go to the valley. Two miles away hey, from me is Joe Rogan. That's where studio. all the porn's made. Yeah, that too. <laughs> Joe Rogan is two miles away from me, and everybody, if Elon Musk will come to the valley, then you can too. That's right. So I bring up this story because, not just to make myself feel sad because we're not making any money off podcasting, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I found one on the Parcast Network because I, I hadn't heard of them, really. I haven't paid too much attention because I try and not look at news of other people doing well in podcasting because it just makes me sad. <laughs> It's like your own sadness porn. It really is. Game of podcasts. Yeah. Every time someone gets acquired, a little bit of me dies inside. <laughs> so I found this podcast called Small Town Dicks. Hold on a second. Is it true crime? Yes, it is. I can't imagine. Believe there, it or not. Nobody has gotten into the market of true crime podcasts yet. I know. And I I started to listen to it. I'm like, I'm going to hate this, but it's with Yardley Smith. Oh, yeah. Oh, I heard uh, Yardley Smith and Zibby Allen, right? That's it. They were interviewed on Corolla's podcast, I think. And I remember hearing about it and going, actually, that's kind of interesting. So and it's uh, got two other detectives on there who are twin brothers and they Dan and Dave, identical twin Mm -hmm. detectives. And they go to actual small towns and they get people who worked like actual cases. They change the names to protect the guilty and the innocent. And it's really well produced. So Parcast does a decent job with production. Mm-hmm. And I think I found this on, uh, uh, was it Mueller? She wrote. And yes, I know before I said Mueller, she wrote, I like to play with pedants sometimes and make them upset. Uh, Mueller, she wrote, they, they were talking about this one. So I'm like, okay, I'm still going through trying to find, you know, new shows to listen to, to figure out what the state of the art is out there. And uh, I listened to it and I'm hooked. It's really right. well done. <laughs> the episodes aren't too long. And listening to the detectives go through what they go through to catch these people, and in some cases not, it's fascinating. I'm not a true crime guy, but this kind of broke the mold for me a little bit. So Now do you find yourself going, huh, Lisa Simpson's telling me about true crime. Yeah. Yeah. There's, <laughs> and apparently there's a story in one of the previous seasons about her and her run-in with some really nasty people. So I haven't gotten right. to that one yet. I'm I'm working my way backwards, but I don't have a whole lot of time to listen to a lot of stuff. So when I do have time, uh, I like shorter shows that uh, can just knock them out like this one. So it's pretty cool, though. Huh. I, I recommend- Are you saying you like you like shorter podcasts is what you're saying, Jason? Bite me, Brian. Just bite me. At the library. I picked up The Age of Surveillance Capitalism, The Fight for a Human Future at the New Frontier of Power by Shoshana Zuboff. So some light reading? Light reading. 700 pages of light reading. I can kill a man with this <laughs> if it was a real book. I started with the audiobook, which is a 24-hour audiobook. Mm-hmm. And I went back and I bought the Kindle version. 
because I want to be able to mark it up because there are so many great things in this book about the history of surveillance capitalism state that we have right now and the history of mm -hmm. Facebook and Google and all of the, you know, the backroom deals that went on with government to allow mm -hmm. basically the wholesale slurping of our data. Right. It's scarier than I thought. It really right. is. It's not even, I mean, it's not even close to what I thought. And I, I mm -hmm. think bad thoughts. <laughs> it's... <laughs> Yes, we have established that. Yeah. Um, you're going to have to pick this book up at some point because all right. it's, it, it really is enlightening on just the history of how all this stuff happened. And <sighs> yeah, there's no, we're screwed. <laughs> That's pretty much. I mean, <laughs> I'm only like 20% into the book and we're screwed. Uh, okay. All right. Well, I'll go and read it and I'll try to catch up with you and maybe we can talk about it again in uh, another segment because I do need, I, I was hoping to get back to just a lighthearted tech book, but uh, there was sci-fi, but I'll go read this yeah. next because uh, I finished a book as well. I, I'm doing my, my tour of uh, suggestions from friends about their favorite books of all time. And I read another one that a friend suggested. It's called The Brief Wondrous Life of Oscar Wow. Woo. I'm not sure how it's I pronounced by Jumeau wow. Diaz. Yeah, I think it's wow as well, uh, which I thoroughly enjoyed. It was nice to take a break from sci-fi and tech and, and just read uh, stuff, uh, <laughs> stuff that is just uh, old books, you know, regular books. Uh, a lot of the reviews call it kind of magical realism, a la 100 Days of Solitude. I, I'm not so sure about that. Realism, yes, I didn't get a lot of magical. Um, the one other thing I would say about this book, definitely worth reading. If you read it, go get a real book. Go get a physical book uh, because a lot of the writing, a lot of it plays out in the footnotes. The footnotes are beyond important. Their footnotes are a part of the process of the author and how he wrote the book. And the, there's one thing that I can complain about about the Kindle app is I still don't think that it handles footnotes well. So I kept bouncing back and forth and losing my place and not knowing where I was left off from. And it just doesn't seem to always work. And that's probably the coder's problem rather than uh, the format itself. But I, I've never enjoyed reading footnotes on the Kindle, and uh, that's a very important part of this book. So okay. get the physical one if you're going to read it. But thoroughly enjoyed it, and uh, happy to go back to sci-fi now. Uh, it was like a palate cleanser, reading two very, very non-sci-fi books, but uh, I'm ready to get back to it for a little bit, and then I'll dip back into my friend's best of lists again in the future. Moron of the Week! Imagine you've stepped outside on a crisp, clear autumn evening, Jason. Ah, the beautiful night sky, the awe of the cosmos, how very small we are in this vast universe, tiny specks on this pale blue dot, <laughs> lucky to exist in this geological instant, the Earth is hospitable to life. Truly, the sky gives us the gift of perspective. Wait, is that the Pepsi logo? <laughs> yeah, here we go. Here we go. It could be, at least starting in 2021. Earlier this month, the Russian company Start Rocket confirmed to Futurism that it was working on launching satellite ads to be viewed in the night sky. Heard about this one. Yes. Not good. Its first client is PepsiCo. The PepsiCo rep later confirmed in what we call damage control <laughs> that the company did partner with Start Rocket for an exploratory test advertising an energy drink, but had no plans to continue advertising in space. So if you go to Start Rocket's website, which uh, the article calls a... Start, Start Rocket's website depicts a dystopia that I cannot possibly capture in words. <laughs> <laughs> you can go see a video detailing its vision with ads rising in the sky behind the Golden Gate Bridge, the Eiffel Tower, a Bali Temple, London's Tower Bridge, and Arctic icebergs competing with the Aurora Borealis. 
this is a fucking nightmare. Yeah. Somebody stop these people. The ads would be projected by a constellation of satellites orbiting at about 280 miles above Earth, each equipped with light-reflecting mylar sails. So the tech is kind of cool, but let's not ever, ever, ever make this happen. The tech is the tech is actually neat. The idea is neat, but the execution would be god-awful. So Elon Musk needs to, like, you know, retask SpaceX to start making freaking <laughs> space lasers to shoot these yes, things down. We need to be able to shoot these things down. Uh, they are not alone in the for-profit entertainment satellite game, so it's not just the Russians. Ale, A-L-E, is the Japanese startup behind Sky Canvas, a project to launch a series of satellites that release shooting stars on demand, bringing a, quote, whole new level of entertainment, end quote. Oh, God. And this is going to happen. Their first show will take place over Hiroshima in spring 2020. I'm sure there are no people in Hiroshima that uh, will not be frightened by things falling out of the sky anymore. Yeah, really? <laughs> And there's a new U.S.-based company called Elysium Space, which takes artificial shooting stars to the next level. It puts on a show made from your loved one's ashes. Yes, you can pay to launch your cremated remains of your loved ones, which will orbit Earth for a couple of years as friends and family can track its journey via their app. Yay. <laughs> and when the satellite falls out of orbit and burns up in the atmosphere, you get a shooting star. However, they have not confirmed that this will take place exactly where you want it to. You don't know because satellite reentry is often tricky and we don't know if it'll be during the day or it'll happen on the other side of the planet. So all of that seems a bit silly. Feedback loop. I want to give a special mention for the single story that has been sent to us by the most people ever. This one's definitely yeah. winning. Definitely winning. Everybody sent us this link. Uh, or different links about the story. I picked the one from the BBC. Scooters hacked to play rude messages to riders. Lime scooters in Brisbane have been making suggestive and offensive comments to riders after pranksters swapped audio files on some vehicles. Clever. Yeah, it's clever. It's a neat, <laughs> very clever. It's a cute hack. Yeah, so well done. Uh, very. Uh, Lime said the prank was not funny. I say it is. And <laughs> to be honest, this is like they found eight scooters that had files swapped. Yeah, it's so not that's a big thing. Not, it's not a ton, but uh, it'd be great if they all went to the cloud. And if you just hacked it once, it did it to all the scooters. How awesome would that oh, be? Oh, yeah. Why are they not using the cloud? Uh, we need a we need an offensive scooter army out there. Yes. <laughs> Where the fuck you want to go, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> God. Well, thanks, everybody. And I mean, everybody for sending us. That yes, link. everybody. <laughs> And over at Patreon, we've got some new subscribers, Rabbi Stephen Roberts, Anton, and Clark. And we got a message from Benjamin. I remember you guys talking to Super Dave Bittner about these little gadgets. Yes, and he sent us a link from PC Gamer. A former student zapped $58,000 worth of PC equipment using a USB killer device. And here's the problem. The idiot filmed himself doing it. Dumb shit. Uh, this was <laughs> going to be in more on another week, but a couple people sent yeah. this to us. So, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And Allison wrote in, I've also used and loved BB Edit for years, but I get how someone who's never used it may balk at the price. FYI, they have a freeware version called Text Wrangler on the Mac App Store if anyone who's looking to test out some of its simpler features. I also think they may have a free trial of BB Edit on their website. They do, actually, but I don't they fully do. recall. And she says, as far as the shirts go, they're pretty responsive on Twitter, so I could try to engage them and appeal to their better nature over there. That would require work. But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, text wrangler for some, for most people actually is fine. Would probably be enough. Yeah. yeah, I just do some crazy stuff with you know searching and grepping and save strings and things like that. So, and since I have gotten this new version of BB Edit, there really isn't a whole hell of a lot different from ten. <laughs> there really isn't. <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't feel the need to upgrade personally. Uh, Ivan also wrote in, Hey Grumps, I'm sure you already know about this. Tesla announced their new super powerful car computer, which can autonomously drive a car. I'm watching a new recording of their presentation, starting at one hour and 10 minutes of the video, and I'm just blown away by the sophistication of this piece of technology. You've been talking that if anyone is going to make self-driving cars, it would be Tesla. I think it's finally happening. If I were you, I'd buy more Tesla shares. These guys know what they're doing. Um, I still think it's further away than Elon does, but uh, we always kind of said that Tesla is probably going to be the one that cracks the nut first. So I'm still getting my shares. Yep, they've got the most data. They have the most data. Amanda writes in, just a fast thank you for getting the word out about 1Password. I recently went through a debacle with one of their competitors related to getting back into my password manager after someone on their end locked me out as part of an update. Their processes seemed arcane, even to their own tech support people. And by the time they corrected the situation, I was already a happy 1Password subscriber. Then began the epic port over party. (laughs) Yeah, that takes a while. Which took two tries, (laughs) one with adult beverages and one without. Try number two was successful. (laughs) Go figure. (laughs) I'm funnier when I drink, but my typing suffers. Keep your grump on, Amanda. Thank you, Amanda. I'm glad (laughs) you joined the family. And somebody please write 1Password and talk to them about advertising on our show again. They did once. Yeah, come on. Of course, now they know they don't have to. Bastards. <laughs> and over on PayPal, we got donations from Jeremy, Simon, Raymond, and Steven. Thank you all so much. And over on Twitter, Third and Command writes in, Beat spending your day being a Twitter troll, I guess. And this is a story about a beluga whale that was found with this harness on it that uh, some people think may belong to the Russian Navy. I am beluga whales are my favorite animals in the planet, so I could not look at this article. So, Brian, would you care to sum it up? Uh, You basically just did. Okay. Uh, They found two whales that had straps around them and they removed the straps and it said equipment of St. Petersburg written inside of it. Okay. So nobody really knows exactly what's going on there. Or maybe they were just having a beluga, you know. S&M party. Maybe they're just tracking them. Who knows? Oh, or that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, JC sent us a link from Ars Technica, the SIM swap the U.S. isn't using. Uh, yes, SIM swap hackers rely on intercepting a one-time password sent by text after stealing a victim's banking credentials or by using the phone number as a password reset fallback. And there's a way to fix this. And we're just not doing it in the U.S. And even Africa's ahead of us here. And Mustavo writes in, League races drones by brainwaves alone. Well, how about <laughs> that? Yes, they stare at a black square, and wherever they their eyes Game move, they move the stupid... <laughs> <laughs> they watched the last episode of Game of Thrones. <laughs> and that's about it. Yeah, good times. Adrian writes us, coffee on the blockchain? I know you like blockchain, guys. And this is a picture of uh, Moyi, the world's first blockchain coffee. And over at GOG.show, Seth writes in, regarding ads and closeout X's that actually just take you to a download page of the App Store, my theory is that that's not happening because they think you'll actually download what was being advertised. My theory is that it's designed to generate hits so the ad company, maybe Google, can manufacture fake results to convince their clients that their ad dollars aren't being wasted. It's a way to manipulate data. What do you think? No, I don't think so because they need the installs. I don't think so. It's not the click-throughs. It's the installs (laughs) that would go through that. So... I, I nice theory, but uh, we disagree. Yeah, nice theory on that. But since everything that has that little X is for an app or a game, then they still need the installs to actually happen. Yeah, no install, no no payment. Yeah, so yeah. And Herbert writes us to the Wall Street Journal article today on accounting trickery by Uber and Lyft. Worth a read. Here's my favorite quote: "The company's choice in defining the customer." isn't justified by common usage. Typically, a customer is the one receiving a service and paying for it. Yet Uber explicitly claims that drivers are our customers. It's called 
It calls passengers and users. Not only does this allow them to engage in financial shenanigans, but it also suggests they have no responsibility for the end users. Who would have thunk it? Just us since the fucking day they launched. <laughs> since the day they launched. Oh, well. <laughs> Christopher writes in, if you use this app, the password of the private Wi-Fi networks you connected to leaked online. And this is a little app called Wi-Fi Finder, which I need to go back and look because I kind of think that I use this. I think I installed that at one point. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to go take a peek at that. But fortunately, most of the Wi-Fi networks back then are gone now since I've upgraded yeah. to my Eero and I know I haven't used it. And I really then. used it to find uh, public Wi-Fi spots, so I wouldn't have gotten any passwords to any of them. And they're not my Wi-Fi's anyway. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> So who gives a <laughs> So not too worried about that. I did like the very end of the article, though, where it says um, <laughs> they talk about their major reputable companies can also leak or simply intentionally misuse user data. Duh. Uh, but uh, you should be skeptical about any time a service is offered to you free of charge. Really? Yes. Wow. <laughs> Downloading a random app with this level of access to your data is virtually no different than unlocking your phone and handing it to a total stranger. I wonder what podcast has been saying that for a couple of years. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and Chris writes us in, uh, writes in, interesting debate. Let your partners produce enough content to make your app store de facto, then cite security concerns when a powerful, when in a powerful monopolistic <laughs> epileptic position, <laughs> epileptic seizure position. Oh, man. It must have been a good night. Man, last this is night. a link over <laughs> Yeah, man. This is a link over at the BBC. Apple defends removing parental control apps. Now, I, I get where Chris is saying here, but I disagree with him as well. Um, Apple gave all the app people time to fix it. Uh, they told them they don't want you using the MDM or mobile device management uh, because that's too powerful for what you actually need. Um, people use MDM for all kinds of nefarious things. So Apple wants people not to use that. There were workarounds. There were different ways to do it. And anybody, anybody that fixed their app and didn't use MDM control is still there. That's only the people that decided they didn't want to invest any money into updating their apps. There you have it. So it has been explained. Yeah. <laughs> Shauna writes in, so I know it's been a while since you used the old HTML programming skills, but I really need your recommendation because I want to build a website, but I don't want to build it using an online thing like Squarespace. I want something like ye old front page. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I just remember stripping tons and tons and tons of front page code out of sites that I've been asked to take over. Oh, yeah. Hey, BB Edit for that. They had to actually yep. fix front page button. <laughs> Yep. Uh, but she wants it for the Mac. I want the source code. So if I switch hosts, I won't lose the hours of work. I'm not liking how WordPress blah. Thanks, guys. Stay grumpy and deliveroo. <laughs> yeah, I did a quick Google uh, Dreamweaver, Rapidweaver and Sandbox. They're all names I've heard of out there. I've never used any of them. So, yeah, well, believe it or not, Dreamweaver does still exist and you can get it for the Mac. I used it. I used Dreamweaver. I mean, when it first launched, like me too. 15 I, years ago <laughs> i used it to like knock out like some one pagers that you know people weren't paying a lot of money for <laughs> that yeah that was kind of it i just hated the yeah. code that that thing spit out but yeah i remember yeah. when Dream, i actually had, ran it on a compact that i bought for quake <laughs> back in the day <laughs> but it's still out there but uh, you're gonna have to get one of those lovely lovely subscriptions probably to adobe mm -hmm. i think yep. they might have a standalone version you can buy but i say get coda 2 coda 2 is by panic the makers of yep. much fine software. You are going to have to code a lot of stuff by hand, but as far as coding goes, Coda 2 is the only thing that I still have and that I keep up to date on my Mac for doing any kind of web dev 
Yeah, I've got it too. So it kind of depends on where you're at with your with your HTML skills. Um, yeah, if you're good enough. Use Coda too. If you need something that's WYSIWYG and drag and drop, then go back. Go but go with Dreamweaver. Yeah, and there are trials for both, so you can try them both out and see which one really kind of resonates with you. But uh, personally, yeah. I say Coda two, and they've got Coda three coming pretty soon. So. If you do end up buying it, Coda is more expensive. Well, not really. Dreamweaver is cheaper, but you over time you pay more. You can just buy a copy of Coda 2 for 99 bucks and you own it. And you're done. Yeah. yeah. And, if, and if Coda 3 is coming soon, you'll probably get an upgrade for free. So check those out. Links will be in the show notes at GOG.show slash 341. Wow. And over at iTunes, we have a five-star rating from nyc steph 18 you finally got me to give you the review you deserve on long drives i love listening i save a number of episodes and then drive and the drive just flies by they never seem out of date (laughs) oh really i always provide useful information and some that is just funny which is also useful on long drives i've been part of this world since i bought my first compact computer before compact even had hard drives so i guess i also like getting the plugs today so i guess i also qualify as an old geek keep up the geeking thanks so much if you want your question or comment read right on the show, head on over to GOG.show slash support and send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air. And if you're so inclined, please head over to GOG.show slash iTunes and toss us a five-star and snarky review. And a little bit of update here on the Overcast starring that we've asked you guys to do, and we appreciate it very much. We're number one! We're number one! <laughs> we actually, now are ahead of Joe Rogan. So we have the top yeah. spot and most recommended in all of Overcast. I have two thoughts on that. Uh, one, I feel like we're, <laughs> I feel like we're playing a game that nobody else knows we're playing. Um, and secondly, uh, all that and five bucks still gets you just a cup of coffee. Yeah, that's the one thing. It's like, oh, maybe we'll see a nice uptick in people who subscribe to the show. Nope, 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 not a bit. Mouse farts would have probably moved the needle farther, but it's been fun. But still keep it up because maybe someday it'll, you know, I, I have no idea, but it's just fun. Keep those. I just feel coming. that everybody that uses Overcast is already listening to us. <laughs> yeah, probably. Probably. Hmm. Closing shout out. I just want to give a closing shout out to friend of the show and listener Suzanne. Happy birthday. It's your birthday today. Happy Make birthday. It it's your birthday. Happy birthday. Until next time, I'm Jason Filippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. Support the show and keep us on the air. Go to patreon.com slash GOG. Toss us a buck a month and we'll love you forever. If you'd like to give a one-time or recurring donation, go to GOG.show and click the PayPal button in the sidebar. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 341. From there, you can find links to old episodes, leave feedback, ask questions, and get links to stuff we like. Stay grumpy. <laughs>